This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More Money on 77 WABC Talk Radio. I want to get right down to it. I have uh, on the uh, line uh, Scott Atlas, Dr. Scott Atlas. You know, I'll know him as one of the major um, people in the Trump administration on the task force to deal with covid He's done an amazing job for, for the country, for humanity, frankly, in terms of the do- job you did, uh, Dr. Atlas Scott. Uh, you are a hero of mine, and I can't think of a better time to talk to you about uh, what you did and how we got this vaccine do- done and how you feel like things are going right now with respect to COVID. Uh, and uh, thank you, by the way, for taking time uh, from your Fourth of July weekend. It's great to be with you. Great to be with you, too, Steve. Thanks for the kind words. So let's get right down to it. Uh, what is the status of COVID today in America? Well, you know, that's that's sort of a complicated question. <laughs> I think uh, in general, uh, people should be very happy. And, uh, you know, essentially the pandemic is over in many ways. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, uh First of all, the caseload, the, the hospitalizations, the deaths have plummeted. Uh, we are in a world, in a country where 88.3% of people who are vulnerable have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's amazing. And uh, two-thirds of all people over 18, by the way, in the United States have been vaccinated. So, uh, you wow. know, the key, of course, is to protect the vulnerable and, uh, you know, Stop the, the deadliness of the virus, which actually is deadly for, for certain people. There's no question about that. But it's also to stop the harms, the disastrous and completely wrong policies of lockdowns. And that right. is also sort of ending finally. And, you know, so in that sense, we're, we're doing great. Uh, the the damage, though, doesn't end uh, with with the yeah, right. end of the pandemic, as we know. Right. And there's a tremendous right. amount of uh, damage to be seen from the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And right. there's also a lasting, a very, very severe psychological damage to the American population. So before before we get into that, I wanted to ask you a question. By the way, I'm talking to Scott Atlas, uh, Dr. Scott Atlas. He was part of Trump's uh, COVID team and did an amazing job. Um, what you know, I remember uh, back uh, a year or so ago when Donald Trump uh, made this um, promise that he was going to get this vaccine out there in nine or 10 or 11 months. And people were laughing at him. You know, Scott, they were there. They said it was impossible. I mean, The New York Times had a big front page article saying how it was impossible that we could get a vaccine in a year. And I don't know to what extent you were part of Operation Warp Speed. I know you were certainly involved in part in that. But how did how did that happen? I mean, it seems like a miracle. Well, you know, Steve, it wasn't just that they laughed at uh, President Trump about it. They completely lied, including so-called experts all over the media, by saying it was impossible because they called right. they called President Trump a liar. 
And right. this was just one of the really heinous things that was done was to undermine not just the positive news coming out, but that people desperately wanted to hear. People in the United States and all over the world were, were stricken with fear, paralyzed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this positive news is really welcome. But they also, by the way, these people, the political enemies of, of the president, undermine the safety of any vaccine that would be developed under this administration. And that was done uh, really by many, many people, including candidate Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, as you may remember. So the Operation Warp Speed was sort of a really an amazing success. Now, what was Operation Warp Speed, if I may say? Yes. It was yeah. really a concerted a uh, business decision and very common sense decision, sh- really, by the president to say, OK, what we're going to do, we're going to go and remove all the financial risk all and as many barriers as possible mm-hmm. right. to the private sector to develop the vaccines and drugs, by the way. And so that was done by taking basically, you know, and you could argue if it was right or wrong, but it worked, which is they took away the financial risk, meaning the government, the taxpayers paid and bought for bought all the doses, millions and millions of doses of a drug that wasn't of the vaccines that weren't even developed yet, certainly That's were incredible. not approved yet. And they also prioritized the production in many ways, put them to the front of the line of all kinds of uh, production facilities. And they removed the liability from the private uh, companies, right. which, again, like this right. is a this is a controversial topic even now. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a complicated topic. But they the, the president did that. And there were people who worked very hard with the private sector in getting these things not only developed, but also the logistics were all set up in advance. The, the, you know, the distribution was all set up in advance. And so when people like me and the president got up on stage, I did right. this only after I came in August, at the press briefings, and I said, this is the timeline. We anticipate yeah. having an approval in October, maybe November. We know right. that once we get the approval, we will be injecting vaccine before the end of the calendar year. There's Right. Uh, tens or 100 million doses being prepared by January yeah. 1 and people yeah. will be injected and we will be making massive. And all this was sort of called lies. It was distributed oh, yeah. from people. I remember that administration from people outside the administration. I do want to mention something if I can go on and make sure that the people that were Operation Warp Speed get the credit for it, because it's not. The people who are claiming credit for it, the most visible uh, public health officials on TV that somehow want to claim the credit. The credit goes to the president, Alex Azar, who was basically the CEO of Operation Warfare. He was the secretary of HHS. Uh, Dr. Mansa Slawi, who was the chief scientific officer who developed the vaccines and over over, uh, overlooked the entire effort. Uh, Admiral Perna, who was basically in charge of logistics. Other people there uh, in HHS, in uh, the FDA, you know, uh, who actually did the work, Matt Hepburn, who was the number two to Slawi, uh, Woodcock, uh, Janet Woodcock was in charge of the development introduction of the monoclonal antibody drugs that were also developed. Uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to Paul so, Mango, who was one of the advisors. Yeah. So there's a lot of people, but they're not right. the names who go on TV and claim credit. Yeah. You mean, are you saying Fauci didn't have a lot to do with this? He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. I By the way, I'm talking to Scott. I mean, 
<laughs> Scott, uh, by the way, I'm talking to Scott Atlas, who uh, you all know uh, was one of Trump's top health advisors during the COVID emergency. And thank you for your service, by the way, Scott. And by the way, you, you were treated, you and I have both been treated pretty shabbily by the media. So I know what you went through. And thank you for your service to our country. Um, couple, I, I just have to ask this. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ignoramus when it comes to health. But I have to ask you this. Why can't we use these kinds of procedures to speed drugs for Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's and all of these? I mean, you know, Milton Friedman, who was a friend of mine, I'm proud to say he was a friend. And as you know, he was a, uh, a Hoover Institute fellow, as you are. He used to say, you know, when the FDA is holding up dr- life-saving drugs, you know, it's it's actually costing lives. So can we use Operation Warp Speed for future um breakthrough drugs? Well, I, I hope so. By the way, you know, when I first came to Hoover, Milton Friedman's office was right down the hall. I have a proud, <laughs> I'm a proud owner of a folder of redlined manuscripts I wrote because I have the tendency to be that's too cool. verbose, in what I say. But anyway, that's, cool. that's a side story. But anyway, uh, no, I agree. I think your observation is correct. There's a tremendous amount of unnecessary and very costly bureaucracy in the process of getting a drug developed, the FDA, uh, the clinical trials have expanded so much. It's massive. As you know, it's, you know, we're talking billions of dollars to develop a drug in 14 years on average. Well, by 14 years, that's a lot of lives lost. So the, uh, the Operation Warp Speed stuff, a lot can be learned. I mean, I, you know, I think that we had some discussions about things like this, about cutting bureaucracy. Uh, you know, it is a special case, of course, when you're dealing with a national emergency, issuing right. emergency use authorization. So, but you could see, I mean, listen, you know, when we see that there's a, a question about uh, vaccine safety and we hear on the news that, yes, and they're going to meet about this two weeks from today. Well, you know, this is the kind of insane bureaucratic delays. It's a different world, as Steve, as you know, inside government. Uh, there, There is far less urgency. There, there's a massive yeah. amount of bureaucratic delay. And a lot of things can be done to cut out unnecessary and very costly delays yeah. in developing new drugs. There's no doubt about well, that. Yeah. yeah, I would say that things like Alzheimer's and, and cancer and, and Parkinson's are, are national emergencies. And I'd love to see this whole process sped up. Um, so the question I get asked all the time, and uh, I, I have no idea what the answer to this is, but uh, I hear different answers from people whose opinion, like yours, I respect. Should young people under the age of 18 be vaccinated? Because you may have seen, um, Scott, that this week the National Education Association has said, hey, we may not allow schools to open up in the fall unless every child is vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, first of all, the first statement is people who are high risk should really consider getting the vaccine, no matter what your age. And there are high risk children and high risk teachers right. and high risk young adults. No doubt about that. So, so how, hold on. Enough. Let me just interrupt you for one second. So give me an example of, a, of someone like a child who would be in high risk. OK, well, like, I mean, what are uh, significantly obese and diabetic? Okay. Oh, okay. Got uh, or it. severe heart disease, you know, serious illnesses. Okay. When you take about talk about a child who's high has comorbidities, you're talking about serious problems. You're not talking about mm-hmm. some minor thing. In fact, almost no child has died without a significant or multiple significant comorbidities. 
I mean, it's, right. it's essentially it's nearly zero. Uh, and so, you know, separately, the, the question of mandatory or even needing a vaccine as a child. I mean, I'm no one's doctor out there, but I can tell you this. There is almost zero risk from the disease for children. Why would you vaccinate a child for something that they don't have a significant risk from if they catch. And the reason is very simple and a heinous indictment of America, frankly, but particularly of teachers, which is that there is this somehow uh, goal of using children as shields for adults who are afraid of catching the illness. This, I don't know. I mean, to me, okay, I'm a parent. My 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 job is to protect my child. My child's job is not to protect me. And this is really uh, even worse than that, because here we have it. When you're injecting a drug into somebody, yeah. there are potential side effects. This right. is not even fully approved drugs. These are drugs under emergency use authorization. Anyone so, who so, runs yeah. a clinical trial injecting an experimental drug into a child who has no significant risk from the illness yeah. should have their medical ethics uh, review and really yeah. be, uh, be so, under a panel of, of criminal activity, in my view. Scott, and that's not um, hyperbole. This is really important. So you're saying what, what, the, what the NEA is advocating is bad for the health of our children. It's absolutely outrageous, and I feel very, very sad that, uh, that parents have been – any parent would accept that. That is absolutely outrageous. In fact, okay. you know, it's it's completely unethical for the medical profession, and it's immoral on the basis of individuals to do something Amen. like that. Hey, hey uh, Scott, first of all, thank you so much for being with us on Fourth of July weekend. I know uh, this is a time for rest and relaxation, and, and uh, what you've done for our country is amazing. I need to get you back on in a few weeks because I want to talk about lockdowns because – Paul Krugman take a big hit at me today in his in his column saying Steve Moore advocated for getting rid of lockdowns and he's responsible for people dying. So can you come back on sometime soon and, and can we talk more about that? I'd love to do it. Okay, thanks. That's Scott Atlas, folks. He is uh, with the Hoover Institute, served uh, for President Trump on his health task force. And uh, we will be right back. You're listening to More Money on 77 WABC Talk Radio. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 